Hey there, Sam. Hey, Bev. Woo! Oh my gosh. I just opened my beer and it splashed like right in my glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you don't have to see the podcast, right? That is true. And um, I have beer on my forehead presently. So that is why I'm glad this isn't a YouTube channel. One more point for podcast. Check. <laughs> but what did you open over there? I heard it before I got assaulted with my own beer. <laughs> I opened a Bell's Brewing Larry's Latest Flamingo Fruit Fight. Oh, is that from the, the pack of beer that I brought you? It sure is. And what do we think? It smells amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I just stuck my nose in the bottle and took a big whiff. Oh, awesome! I'm I'm really excited about this beer. I know you drank it on the podcast already, but I was like, well, I haven't had it, so I'm allowed to have it, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it gets a ten out of ten for me. It's nice and fruity. Yeah, light, delicious, perfect for a good time podcasting. Yes. And, and that was my commercial for Larry's latest fruit <laughs> fight. <laughs> yes. They didn't pay me for that. <laughs> but what are you drinking over there? So I'm drinking actually a beer that I brought down for you that you drank when I got there. Um, the Petoskey Brewing Blueberry Waffle Cone Cream Ale. Blueberry oh, it's Crush. so good. Mm-hmm. So good. And it's, it's a pint can so it's huge and then I was like oh it's seven percent by volume no wonder (laughs) Bev took a while drinking that when I was there not just because of how big the can is but also because it's 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 not playing around like seven percent is pretty good you know yeah it is for a beer for sure but it's really it's good yeah it is it's really good in fact I would venture to say that that's like my second favorite beer to the, uh, what is my favorite? Coffee Kolsch. Yes, that Coffee Kolsch. Because it's got like this really like clean, fruity flavor, but then it also just like has like a really good beer flavor too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to describe. Yeah, because when it originally like landed on my face, all I could smell was like a Coors Light smell. And I was like, oh, no, was Bev kind of lying about how good this was because she didn't want me to feel bad that I brought her shitty beer. But no, it just it. it Yeah, it kind of looks like a Coors Light like in the glass I'm noticing, but definitely does not taste like that. Not that there's anything wrong with Coors Light. That is my go to for tailgating. But yeah, it's a really good beer. It's a really light beer, but it's got a good uh, kick to it in the alcohol department. So yeah, and it tastes like blueberries and yumminess. So there we go. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. That's Sam over there. Yeah, and that's Bev over there. And this is the Farm Comedy Podcast that is happy hour for your ears and for your heart. Cue the ah from the audience. <laughs> we drink adult beverages, talk about farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. Yeah, not that we don't want our farms to be full of good things all the time. It's just that that's not the reality of farm life, and we're not going to hide that from anyone. 
Yeah, we like to keep it real with you and have entertaining discussions that include the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents. Yes, and you can find old sessions of tangents over on the Patreon. Um, we like to call these BS sessions, and you can go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm and listen to those for free. Yeah, and if you're a member of the Patreon, you get access to the BS sessions that we sometimes accidentally have in the middle of the podcast. I'll cut some of those out and throw them on there for everybody to enjoy so that we don't bore farm listeners all about, like, rest stop talks. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, that was in our conversation last week. (laughs) Yep, it was, but it got pulled right out of the episode and stuck right onto the Patreon for the Patreons to enjoy. Yes, so we appreciate that if you love our quirkiness and our tangents that you can go over to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm to check those out. Yeah, and our drinks this week were sponsored by Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahama Mama over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So we don't have any corrections this week that I know of. Good, good. So we know that Ohio does actually have byways. Sam didn't find like a joke website. Like that's legit. (laughs) I mean, no one corrected us on it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. I mean, if we have to correct ourselves later, then we correct ourselves later. Yes. Uh, but I do have some follow-up on the donkey Ooh. front. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be just a little bit before Herc moves into our pasture. Because it turns out, um, you know, how we talked last week about how he needed to be gelded before he moved in. Yes. Because uh, jacks make really unpredictable guardians and pets, for that matter, because of all the hormones that can get kind of crazy on the drop of a dime for no reason. So gelding him is, like, totally necessary. Okay. But it turns out that donkey castration is not as simple as banding a goat. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, or even as simple as, like, castrating a horse's. And I don't think that my neighbor that I'm getting him from knew that either. He was just thinking that sometime this week, he was going to trailer Herc up to the vet. The vet was going to do his thing. And then he was going to trailer him back. And he was going to hang out in the barn for a day or so, so that he could just keep an eye on him, make sure that everything went well and that everything is healing properly. And then he was going to bring him over and he was going to move in. Well, uh, donkey castration is, like, way more intense than that. Dun, dun, dun. That just <laughs> felt appropriate. Like, ugh. I was, like, really looking forward to seeing a lot of donkey Instagram stories, so I'm super bummed that this is going to take longer than we expected because I feel very invested in you getting a donkey that I'm, like, living vicariously through you. So I feel some pain because you don't have him yet. (laughs) Yeah. And when I found out, like he called me to tell me and I was a little disappointed at first. So I decided to do some research on it because I was like, oh, well, if this is going to take just a little longer and like the vet, the vet was refusing to let him trailer him afterwards. I was like, well, this must be like something a little bit more than we thought it was. Mm hmm. 
And so uh, I did some research and uh, donkeys can be castrated anywhere from six months of age up. And the earlier, the better for the donkey. And Herc is two years old. So he's like, you know, getting into that upper age area for castration. Okay. And um, the reason why they want them to be younger is that because of their testicle size and hormone levels, they're easier to just castrate at a younger age because when you castrate a donkey it takes a little bit of time for those hormone levels to come down you know if they've already started spiking Mm -hmm. so it's not a guarantee that they'll have like gelding behavior right away after castration the older they are okay and also you know when they're a little bigger they're harder to handle even though he's a mini like I'll take a picture of me with him the next time I see him He's still like a pretty good sized animal. Like oh, I can't like sure. pick him up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if you tried to do like donkey CrossFit with him? <laughs> donkey CrossFit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's would have to be like a couple's CrossFit. So you and Jared would both have to try to pick him up at the same time. Oh, you know, if he has like a really good temperament, we're totally going to set up the GoPro and do that because that would be be hilarious. (laughs) This donkey's going to be like, what is my life now? (laughs) He's going to be simultaneously the most spoiled donkey and the most confused donkey ever. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, castration is riskier with donkeys than it is with horses. Because they have a lot of blood vessels going to their testicles. I'm going to say the word testicles a lot, just to warn you. That's totally okay. At least you're not saying like donkey balls. (laughs) I'm going to use the correct scientific terms over here because I'm an adult and I'm super mature. Yeah. Like I didn't text you a photo of hot balls or anything the other day. (laughs) Oh no, what were they? Hot nuts. That's right. They were a bag of peanuts, spicy peanuts, just to be clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing else. So how how does donkey castration work, though? Because, like, my husband, I was telling him about this because you had already alerted me when I asked, you know, if, if he was there yet. And you said no, and you'd tell me more on the podcast. So Matt's assumption was that, like, when we watched Dr. Pohl, there's just, like, this, I'm not going to use a crush correct term here um nut crushers that they use for like cows um and other animals like um llamas or apacas um i'm wondering if it's because they do it when they're so young um maybe um that they can maybe get away with doing it a different way but i'm guessing because you're talking a lot about like all the veins, the vascular, the vascular system of the testicles, that it's a little more complicated than just like crushing their balls or banding them. Yeah, like what happens is because they have so many arteries right in that region, when they cut in there and remove them, the vet has to be extra careful that they don't cut a main artery because okay. they can bleed to death if like the wrong artery gets cut across. Ooh, and yeah, oh my God. I know. Right. It just like gives me the chills even thinking about it. And also that the arteries that they do cut around it, they should like tie them off to keep them uh, from bleeding too much after the procedure is over. Okay. 
And you can give donkeys like some special drugs to increase their clotting ability. I'm pretty sure you can do that with humans too, like during major surgeries and whatnot. But of course, medications come with side effects as well. So, uh, so it just kind of depends. You got to talk to your vet, you know, like the health of your animal and whatnot, like depending on whether or not those are appropriate. Um, but also the aftercare of the donkey castration is like super intense because the swelling gets really bad in that region. Mm. So you, you have to do things like make sure that they'll walk and exercise because if you let them stand still too long, then the blood doesn't get flowing through the area, which, you know, like helps flush the area out and okay. helps promote, um, you know, like new tissue generation and healing. Just like when you have a procedure done as a person, you don't want to just sit still all the time. Like you right. need to start moving so that your body knows like, hey, I'm OK. I'm not dying. <laughs> I'll be better eventually (laughs) yes and also uh they need to be like sprayed down with a cold hose if the swelling is really bad Mm because the swelling can get like so big that it can actually like hinder them from doing anything oh wow and it can take several weeks for them to heal from it so I think this timeline kind of depends, but everything that I found sort of indicated that it wasn't like a, you know, cut, remove, tie off, suture, and then they're back to normal in like a day or two. It's like a serious, it's like recovering from serious surgery. Okay. Which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it'll be better in the long run, right? For probably him and for you guys and... And hopefully it just, you know, has a speedier recovery than is expected. And you can, you know, bring them home soon because we all need to see lots of pictures. <laughs> well, on the bright side, um, we should be seeing some more pictures of him because I did talk to my neighbor and he said that I can come and visit him as much as I like between now and when he has a surgery. Because I'm hoping that I can build a relationship with him so that I can help like with the surgery and the recovery because the vet has to do it on site. So I'm like, right. well, if he's got to do it there, I might as well get to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to be like, a, I'm a stranger to him right now. So right. if we don't build up a relationship first, like my presence will just cause more stress to him. But Mm -hmm. if I can go give him some snacks and pet him and sort of, like, get him used to me, like, touching him and touching his face and being around him, then I can help walk him while he's recovering. I can come give him snacks. I can come help, you know, I can be of help during his surgery. Whereas, like, if I'm a stranger, I'll just stress him out even more. So it'll be kind of a good thing that you know this is going to be a little longer because then also when he moves in like I'll already be his friend so it won't be such a big deal because it is going to be a big change to him like he's hanging out with cows on a giant pasture in the place where he's been his whole life and then he's suddenly going to get his balls chopped off and get moved into a pasture (laughs) full of goats surrounded by people he doesn't know (laughs) yes I mean when you put it that way it sounds kind of (laughs) traumatizing just a little you know (laughs) So, yeah, so it'll be a little while before my Instagram pictures or my Instagram feed is covered in in donkey, but (laughs) 
I thought I should share that just because I I had no idea. Like when right. I was talking about it last week, I was like, there's going to be a donkey in my pasture in a week. It's going to be all good. And then it was like, whoa, whoa, this breaks. is like way more. <laughs> right. Right. Because like, you know, if you've never had experience with this before, you're just going to have no reference point of what any of this is. So I think it's really cool that we're learning more. It's just not cool that he, he's got to wait. Yeah. <laughs> we got to wait for Herc to come live with Beth. But <laughs> hey, I feel like your dreams of getting a donkey are still happening like way faster than you ever imagined. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I'm still excited. I'm still pumped. It's no big deal to me. Like it, it, it'll be here. I'm, I'm sort of like on this path where I'm just like, things are going to happen when they happen. Mm-hmm. And like, I still got to do some work to get them to actually be there. Like I can't just sit around here and dream about things and have them happen. But oh, right. like now that I've done the thing that I needed to do to make it happen, I'm just going to like let nature take its course, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rush him over here. Because my husband actually did say, he was like, oh, well, hey, we have a barn stall. Why don't we just move him in and he can do the surgery here? And then I told him what the recovery process was. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, let's let him stay there for that. (laughs) So I'm like, what are we going to do if something goes wrong? We don't know anything about donkeys. Like, he's best off being with his owner that he's had for a while that's experienced with, you know, or at least semi-experienced with donkeys. And then we'll take over and and you know come in he'll he'll come here when it's the right time right for him and for us so <laughs> but we have some more fun spring things to talk about because like tis the season for spring right yeah I feel like aside from this weekend I don't know what it's like in Ohio other than also thunderstormy which is why we decided to record on a Saturday but it was like in the mid like 50s and 60s a lot this week and this weekend's kind of the exception like today is like cold and crappy but you know I saw some little weed flower things starting to sprout here in Michigan this week which is super exciting so I think it's you know spring is officially sprung and you know that the roosters are getting a little feistier with me the baby goats are actually enjoying being outside because it's warmer and I've seen a lot of duck dick on my farm the past few days to indicate that they are like raring to go. It is time to reproduce and make those babies for Easter. Yay for corkscrew duck dicks. Oh my gosh. But yesterday I found out one of the Muscovies that I thought was a female is in fact a male, a male because oh. I saw the dick yesterday. Well. And I was yelling like, no! <laughs> Your neighbors are like, what's going on over there? I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm seeing so much. Oh my God. There's the duck dick. And then like, I'm trying to get them back into their duck house. And lately it's been a little trickier because they're all a little more Twitter pated and they like running around outside and they're like, so I like kick him off of one of the girls trying to like get him to stop because sometimes they try to have like a like a three-way situation. Yeah. Which is really weird. Um, But, and then he's like, you know, running away and its dick is dragging across the lawn and it's just kind of disturbing, but. Total side tangent really quick though. Somebody needs to get, uh, what is it, a flock of ducks? Are they considered a flock? 
that the right word? I think so. Okay. Somebody needs to get a flock of male ducks and they need to all be named pasta names. So like one can be rotini <laughs> and one can be spaghetti and one can be fettuccine and one can be cavatappi and yeah. Penne. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they look like corkscrew noodles. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyways, I've also decided, well, I decided like on the fly last Sunday that I would start to intentionally this time breed my rabbits. So I thought it would be fun to talk today about rabbit breeding and tips and what to expect um, in case you ever want to get into doing anything with rabbits. Like obviously my rabbits are pets, um, so I sell them as pets. And um, they're all either, well, one of them is a New Zealand California mix, which is considered a meat rabbit. And then the rest of them are like um, either full Polish rabbits or they're a mix of Polish and the New Zealand and California. So they're pretty small aside from Pino, like he is a beast. Um, but that per- the purpose of me keeping them is just for my own enjoyment and selling them as pets. So if you have a purpose of wanting to keep them for meat. Um, You'll want to look for certain breeds for that. If you want to show them at fairs, you're going to want them to be like a purebred pedigree. Mine's just solely because I like bunnies and they're pretty easy to take care of. And they're super easy to breed. Well, and they make great pets too. I've had lots of friends that have had pet rabbits and they love them. Mm -hmm. And they actually have like a pretty decent lifespan also when well taken care of pet rabbits can live like the same amount of time as a dog can and they'll follow you around and they're very soft and loving so I I mean I think rabbits are amazing both for me because I I do think that they're delicious when they're cooked Mm -hmm. right and it's the right breed um but they're also very sweet and great companions so I'm excited to hear about this uh, because I have never had rabbits or done anything with rabbits, but I'm hoping that Aurora can do rabbits for 4-H someday when she's old enough and I have time to help. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But we're going to have babies here probably in about a month, so you could always get like a practice bunny if you really wanted to. (laughs) I keep trying to talk Jared into that and he's like, no, not until she's actually registered. So now I have to wait a whole year because I missed the window for this year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one of the first things that you really want to consider before you breed rabbits is the rabbit's age. So obviously rabbits are notoriously fertile from a young age and they're easy to breed. You know, how they say doing it like rabbits. (laughs) Um, That is quite legitimate. So they um, grow really quickly. Their young grow quickly. And the mothers and the young don't require a lot of human intervention for the most part, which is what I enjoy about it. The moms basically do all the work. I just have to refill the water and the food (laughs) and it's done. (laughs) So And and clean the poop. And clean the poop. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That stuff doesn't disappear on its own. Go figure. No. And it piles up fast. It really does. Um, It's important to wait until they reach full body and reproductive maturity before they breed. So what does that mean? Um, That means very different things depending on the weight class of the rabbit. So you have small, medium, large, and giant breeds. And the age that the rabbit is ready to reproduce depends highly on the maximum weight that they are expected to achieve as an adult. 
So the smaller the breed, the faster they sexually mature. So that's kind of the rule of thumb. So for small breeds, um, they're usually under six pounds. So they're sexually mature at four and a half weeks. Medium to large breeds tend to be between six and 11 pounds, which means they're about six months before they're ready to breed. And giant breeds are typically over 11 pounds. So you want them to be nine months or older. It's also important to point out, though, that bucks tend to be about a month behind does in maturing. So if you want to mate a purebred Polish buck to a doe, you might be ready at four and a half months, but you might also just want to wait until six months when that buck is like actually guaranteed to be more sexually mature. So when you want to breed your rabbits, you'll want to ideally put the female in the male's cage. Uh, if the rabbits are housed separately, you will always bring the females to the male. Uh, females can be really territorial and may attack the male instead of breeding. Um, and once you even put them in together, they'll probably run around in circles for a bit, which is totally true and totally happened last weekend. The way we have our cages set up is that the males and the females can look at each other. So they're friends, like they know each other. They're trying to get to each other through the fence all the time to get it on. So I wasn't too worried about the logistics of that, but just something to keep in mind. Um, if, if your males and females are truly separated, um, and this is where it gets interesting. So if the female is open to being bred, she will lift up her tail. The male will mount her and, and then he will grunt and will fall onto his side if it's successful, <laughs> which I saw Pino do with Vino within like a minute. And it was it was hilarious. <laughs> there are so many jokes that could be said. So I jokes, know. I won't, I won't go there. <laughs> the other thing that was super funny, though, was like as soon as it was done, she like ran into the um, or I guess hopped into the hutch area, um, probably to just hide and recover and take a nap. And he was jumping like thumping his back legs really hard, like against the bottom of the front or the bottom of the cage. And I don't know if it was because he wanted more or if maybe he wanted round two and she wasn't up for it, but he, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So it's interesting to sit and kind of watch their behavior. My husband was making fun of me because I was kind of keeping an eye on it to see if it was happening or not. Um, because we have, that pair and then we have Coco and Rosé they're in their separate one that one was not as successful but I think it's because those guys are a little younger they're still trying to figure it out um but yeah Pino was very confident in his abilities <laughs> I, I think maybe he was just doing his happy dance <laughs> oh maybe yes 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 so they do recommend that the buck should do this a couple of times before you should put the doe back in her space. Um, like like I mentioned, it's it's kind of a good idea to watch and see what's happening. Make sure like nobody's being overly aggressive. Um, and it's also a good idea to bring the doe back to the buck in about 10 hours as the act of breeding stimulates rabbits, um, rabbit does to ovulate. So this will increase the chances of a decent sized litter if there's a second breeding. And sometimes the females just don't want to do it. Um, they never settle down. They keep running in circles. So you can always remove her and try again. 
for us, I've just kept the pairings in there for about a week now uh, because they do get along because they see each other all the time. I'm just checking on them regularly to make sure like things are still going well. They're still getting along. Nobody's getting hurt. Um, nobody's nipping at each other. Um, but a lot of breeders do just kind of like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, take them out kind of thing. So you just kind of have to use your judgment, in my opinion, on whether you're just going to keep them in there or not. I will be separating them either this afternoon or tomorrow into a different area um, so they can get comfortable in a separate space before they give birth. And then we'll put in a nesting box later, but I'll get to those details in a little bit. Well, that's really interesting to hear that the in that the initial breeding will stimulate ovulation. So this could be like good advice if you found that you've had like small litters in the past and you're not sure why. Like that's a really good idea to have them breed once, come back 24 hours and try to do it again and see mm -hmm. if more kits end up taking, right? Like that's the right word for it. I don't yeah. know what all the words are yeah. for, for rabbit breeding, but <laughs> yeah. You got it. Um, and, and because rabbits don't go into heat the way that dogs or cats do, um, they aren't receptive to breeding a hundred percent of the time because they're considered polyesterous, which means they have no re regular heat cycles. So they kind of have to be in the mood on their own to cooperate, to do this. So a, a doe might not be interested one day, but if you try like several days in a row and she's still not willing, that might be a sign that something else is wrong. Um, and you need to start kind of doing a root cause analysis of why your doe just doesn't want to get with a buck. So there are, uh, so there are some common reasons why breeding rabbits isn't as successful as we expect. Reason number one could be that they're too fat. So Pino is actually pretty fat because he's a meat rabbit, but he clearly has no problems getting it on. However, being overweight is one of the biggest causes of infertility in rabbits. So if your rabbit's a bit chubby, cut down on the treats, make sure they're getting exercise, they have room to run, and then try again when they've slimmed down a bit. So is there like a way that you can tell if your rabbit is overweight? Like if you feel certain areas or like are they supposed to have certain like amount of skin elasticity? Or... Um, I'm not really sure. I just know that mine look pretty fit and trim, aside for Pino, but he's supposed to be a little chunky monkey. Um, oh, okay. But, like, say, you know, I separate Vino this weekend, and she doesn't give birth in, like, a month or so, then I might have to cut back on his stuff a little bit. But I'm very good at, like, portion control with their food, um... And not giving too many treats. I do that on purpose so they don't get tubby. Yeah. But sometimes, especially when it's your only pet, or you don't have as many animals as I do, because <laughs> I have like a freaking menagerie over here. I mean, we love menageries. Like, Yes. Yes, we do. But sometimes it's really easy to want to, you know, spoil them and give them too many treats. Or even like too many things that wouldn't be considered like bad treats. Overconsumption is overconsumption, so you, it's just something to keep an eye on. And if you're if you think your rabbit's overweight, 
it might not hurt to do a quick Google search to see if there are ways for, you know, you to be able to determine if they're overweight or not. One of the things you could initially do is figure out which um, size category they would fall in that I talked about before. See if you can put them on a scale. And if you think they're like a small size rabbit and they're over six pounds, it might be time to, you know, get that bunny a little tr treadmill or something. <laughs> bunny treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> so another reason that they might not want to is that it's too hot outside or that it's even too cold. So if it's super duper hot, you might not even want to bother with trying to get them to reproduce. It, like we're talking like 85 degrees or higher. Um, you could see a successful breeding, uh, but there still might not be a pregnancy. Um, and that could just be due to the heat because there's this really interesting fact about rabbits that on super hot days, it can actually cause temporary sterility. Oh. Sometimes as long as even like three months. So it's kind of, you know, best to try to do this in the spring, maybe the fall, um, if they're inside in the winter in a more controlled environment, like ours are in the barn right now, where they're away from the, the wind and the elements, it's a little easier to um, encourage them to do what rabbits should do. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and it, it like the range of actual temperature might be different depending on like where you live. Cause like if you lived in Phoenix, your rabbits are used to being over a hundred degrees for like six months straight. But you have to look at like what weather extremes would be in your area. Like 85 would be crazy hot for Sam and I in our areas. Yeah. Cause like most of our summer is going to be like seventies to mid 70. And then like August will be the month that we have eighties. Yes. 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 Another reason might be that there's not enough light. Apparently, mood lighting isn't just for humans. Rabbits can be sensitive to day length, just like chickens can. So if there's less than 12 to 14 hours of light, you could try add adding some extra light to the rabbitry and see if that helps. Um, and then one of the other reasons could be that this is just the first doe. This is like the doe's first rodeo. Or it's been a long time between litters. So first-time does don't always know what they're supposed to do. Um, once they've been successfully, successfully bred, they do tend to be eager to breed again. Um, and sometimes it can actually hurt you to have very large spacings between litters. But you want to make sure that you get the, the doe time to recover um, after the initial litter. Some breeders do breeding that might be considered a little more aggressive so 60 days after the last litter um, but 90 seems like the happy window if this is something that you're going to want to do on a regular basis that makes total sense then their body has time to recover and mm -hmm. regenerate all of those tissues and things and you know pregnancy pregnancy is a bitch on your body whether you're a <laughs> rabbit or a person <laughs> Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if for some reason this didn't take for this these girls because this is going to be Coco's first pregnancy. Um, not Coco's. This is going to be Rosé's first pregnancy, but it's going to be Bino's fourth. But she gave birth to her last litter in July. So it'll be interesting to see um, how this goes. I'm feeling pretty confident, though, that she's still got the hang of it and everything's going to be just fine. How are grublies from grubly farms superior to mealworms? Oh, let us count the ways. 
Traditional mealworms are actually darkling beetle larvae, and while it may bring all the hens to the yard, Grubbly's black soldier fly grubs have far superior nutritional benefits. Grubblies have 50 times more calcium than mealworms, and the calcium to phosphorus ratio is 3 to 1, while mealworms is only 2 to 1. That means that your hens and roos are absorbing all the nutritional goodies and not just passing it through their system, turning it into expensive fertilizer. That's right, and black soldier fly grubs are officially approved for chicken feed by the FDA, and mealworms are not. Also, grublies are born, bred, and regulated in the good old USA, which has much stricter food safety laws than China, where most mealworms come from. So give your flock a treat you can feel good about, grublies, and go to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 at checkout to get 15% off your order or your first subscription run. So, your rabbits have mated. Now what? If you've successfully witnessed your rabbits breeding, now the thing to do is get ready for babies and play the waiting game of, is my rabbit pregnant? (laughs) Yeah, because you can't make rabbits be on a stick, can you? No, not that (laughs) I know of. Um, An ultrasound seems kind of extreme for a pet rabbit, but you do you if that's how you want to find out. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, if I had one for the goats, I'd give it a try on the rabbits. But yeah, I can imagine buying one just for rabbits. Yeah. But a few ways that you might be able to tell um, that a rabbit is pregnant, um, number one would be mood changes. This really doesn't tell you much because if your, you know, bunny is kind of a bitch anyways, maybe her being (laughs) moody and grouchy isn't out of the ordinary. But if she's generally sweet and acting kind of funny, she could be pregnant. Maybe. Um, another way to tell is palpitation, which can be a little tricky to master. Um, but there are like tutorials on YouTube. So if you throw in like rabbit palpitation into YouTube, I'm sure you'll find, um, tutorials of like watching people how to, and how they do this, but essentially around day 10 and 12, um, after being bred, you should be able to feel small marble sized bumps along the side of your doe's tummy. If she is pregnant, You just want to be very careful if you're trying to do this because you don't want to upset the doe, um, hurt her in any way. So I'll try to do this, but I'm not sure that I've ever felt confident in palpitating um, Vino anytime she's been pregnant. Yeah, it sounds like it would be kind of tricky. Because you can also, um, when you're palpitating, you might mistake um, small marble-sized bumps for babies when it's actually like fecal matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to train your fingers. Same way as looking at like a goat's ligaments. You have to train your fingers to know what to feel for. Same thing for this. Um, so it just takes practice. Another thing you can do is what they call test breeding. So sometimes ragged, raggeds, sometimes rabbits have a false pregnancy where they act like they're pregnant, but they're not actually pregnant. So they just want the attention. Maybe um, you can try putting the rabbit in with the buck because many won't be receptive to the buck if they're pregnant. But you want to do this after day 17 because if they're faking their pregnancy, they can pretend like they're not interested in the buck before day 17. So if she's not pregnant, she'll want to rebreed after day 17. If she is pregnant, she will like have no interest. She will be like, get off me, bro. 
I don't want this. <laughs> um, this this um, pregnancy kind of testing is a little controversial. Some breeders do this. Some don't because they have fear of causing a miscarriage if she is pregnant. Also, rabbits have two horns in their uterus. So it's possible that she could be pregnant on one side and then become pregnant on the other side after test breeding, which... If you listen back to episodes from like last July and August, I kept Coco in with Vino the whole time she was pregnant with his first babies. <laughs> she got pregnant right after she gave birth with the second set. And I had no idea. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So that could have happened right before or it could have happened right after she got she gave birth the first time. So just keep that in mind that that's a risk. Might not be worth taking, especially if this is your first go around with this. Um, the, the surest sign that I have found is nest building. So if it's after day 21 and your rabbit is nesting, she's probably pregnant. She'll be pulling tons and tons of fur to line the nest and running around with a mouthful of hay to use to build up her nest. So you can give her her nesting box that early, but make sure you clean it out if she poops in it. Sometimes if the nesting box is a little too big, they think it's a litter box and then they just start pooping in it. So you'll want to keep an eye on that. <laughs> like make sweet, sure. clean place to poop. <laughs> yes, yes. You'll want to clean it out before she gives birth so the babies can come out into the world in a clean environment. So once you do confirm that your rabbit is in fast, is in fact pregnant, um, keep in mind that the gestation in rabbits is typically between 28 and 34 days. I found it's usually day 30, 31 when they arrive. Around day 26, you should place a nest box in the doe's cage. And like I said, you wanna make sure it is just the right size, not too big, not too small. She needs to be able to turn around in it. Um, we use wood nest boxes. There are also metal ones that you can get that are super easy to clean and sanitize. The idea of having these nest boxes is, is, is that it's a cozy den for the babies to stay warm and dry. And the doe will instinctively begin to pull fur from her chest and back to line the nest as she's preparing for her babies. You can help out by putting enough shavings in there and some fresh hay so she, you know, doesn't feel like she has to do a ton of work all on her own. Um, it's important that during these last few days that the doe have ample access to fresh hay and water along with a regular pellet feed that you use. Um, you also want to keep the environment free from unusual, unusual or sudden loud noises. Um, because if you spook the doe, it could cause her to stomp on or even eat her kits at birth. So you want to keep everything as normal as possible um, right up until and right after she gives birth. Yeah, I can see why a sudden, like a suddenly scary environment could cause that because she's like, what did I just give birth? Like what, what kind mm -hmm. of a world did I just birth my babies into? Let's end this right now to, right. to ease their suffering. <laughs> Or did that loud ass noise come from these hairless little creatures that I gave birth to? Oh. I will terminate them all. Yes. I didn't think of that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I think dark. it could be like either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you never know the first time, Mama, if she's going to do a good job or not. So 
you want to make sure you're at least checking once a day, like looking at the nest box. And what you're looking for is movement. So don't feel like you have to move every, anything around because you will certainly see like all the fur moving around um, if there are babies in there. Because rabbits tend to give birth late at night or in the early morning, which is super true. Every single time it's been like super early. And you'll know when babies arrive because like I said, the fur will be moving around. You should really get in there and check the first 24 hours um, to make sure everybody's healthy. Um, you want to remove any dead kits or remaining placenta um, immediately as soon as it's noticed and get rid of it because that'll help keep everybody else healthy. And a sign of a successful, healthy delivery is little to no trace of blood and kits that appear clean, dry, and have round bellies. And it's important to note that they're very vulnerable when they're just born because they are born naked, blind, and deaf. Like, holy shit, is that scary? <laughs> yeah, that's like the scariest thing ever. I'm surprised that there hasn't been like a survival show where it's like naked, blind, deaf, and afraid. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I'm sure you've heard about not handling wild rabbits before, but it is okay to handle each of these kits gently because the mother rabbit is likely used to your scent and she's not going to reject the babies. I haven't had any problems with this personally. Um, and keep in mind that rabbits only nurse their young twice a day for five to ten minutes at a time. So if you see that happening, that is not the time to try to check on what's going on in there. You don't want to interrupt it. Um, because the babies are getting their breakfast and dinner. So I want to go back to that whole scent thing really quick. I actually think that that um, don't handle wild babies um, because their mother will reject them. I think that was a myth or like an old wives oh. tale. Yeah, oh. I, I can't remember where I heard that at. But yeah, I think it was just like one of those, you know how old wives tales kind of crop up like one mom didn't want her kid to do something. So she like made up <laughs> something to like make them stop. And then it like perpetuated you know like other moms are like hey that was a really good idea I should tell my kid that so that they'll stop doing it and then yes. it just like keeps going but now we have the internet age so kids can just pull out their phones and google and find out when you're lying to them and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that was one of those <laughs> yeah I'll correct I myself a lot next week if I'm wrong but I I feel I feel fairly confident in that <laughs> I would not be surprised if that is the truth so yeah, so that's kind of like the overall starter kit of information for getting started with breeding your rabbits and kind of how to handle them um, until they give birth. Like like I mentioned, it's so easy to take care of baby rabbits because mom literally does everything. Um, and before you know it, they will be running around, eating all the grain, drinking all the water. Um, I think they wean around eight weeks, if I remember correctly. So you would want to wait until they are weaned before you sell them. Because I can't imagine bottle feeding a baby rabbit is very easy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but at least it's only twice a day for five to ten minutes, right? So yeah. I do have a kit here just in case it doesn't go well that I can do that. But... It's not something that I have experience with. So just keep in mind that you might just want to keep something like that on hand. Do your research. Make sure you have the correct supplies if you do have to bottle feed. Um, yeah, just something to keep in mind. 
Well, that was awesome. Thanks for sharing all that info. Because seriously, like, I think that all of that was extremely useful. Good. Did it inspire you to want rabbits? So not yet. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I want all of the soft, fluffy babies that I can possibly get my hands on, especially once it gets to like this time of year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm still I'm still trying to stick to my uh, my goal for the year, which was not to overwhelm myself. So that's totally fair. Yeah, I think my donkey is going to be like my only new animal this year. I mean, besides breeding the goats, if I can ever figure that shit out. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't know how it works, but it turns out finding a male is super hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if my boys were registered, I would give you one. Well, <laughs> you'd have to pay me money for it. But you yeah. know what I mean. I'd yeah. be like, because I'm like, I want them to go to somebody that I have like some connection to if possible, but it might not be possible. So I would much prefer to give you one of them. Yeah, because then <laughs> you can, like, still keep an eye on them and, like, see where they go and stuff. Yeah. And make sure that somebody's not buying them for meat. Because <laughs> that's yeah. totally possible. Yeah, Nigerian uh, dwarf goats, even though they have that dwarf name in them, they are, they are used for meat. They are a popular meat animal. I mean, they don't give you as much meat as a boar goat, but, yeah, that's a thing. Well, we don't have any listener farm stories this week, uh, so I'm going to tell you a super boring story about potatoes. I'm sure it's not boring. I'm actually kind of curious what it is, because I saw your like very vague note in here. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know what happened with the potatoes on the counter. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm going to like... Uh, I'm I'm gonna ease the. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot words. Why can't I say words anymore? I've only had one beer. beer. I, That's why there was only one, and it was a light one. Um, but no, uh, I will ease the anticipation uh, that you're feeling right now. So what happened is, is we currently have our own potato famine going on because I forgot to water them, so they died. <laughs> so oh, the end. No. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and I feel guilty about laughing about using the words potato and famine together, but you know how this goes. <laughs> this is our brand. Like, we laugh at inappropriate shit because that's how we deal with being uncomfortable. So, I get it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, somebody had mentioned how they plant their potatoes. And they're like, you don't have to go through all that trouble of cutting them apart. You know, like cutting them so that there's just a couple eyes per a slice and like growing the roots and all that. She says when her potatoes sprout on the counter, she just throws them into the garden hole. Oh, my gosh. And like buries them into a mound. That's so easy. Yeah, stupid easy. So I have an army of potatoes that have sprouted on my counter because mm-hmm. apparently I don't know how to store potatoes properly. So they're all sprouting now. <laughs> but on the bright <laughs> side, I will be able to plant them directly into the garden because I just had seven cubic yards of soil dropped off at my house the other day. Oh, yes, I saw that. Holy crap. Yeah, that was a giant pile of dirt. And we've got all of the garden beds that are currently built. They're filled now. And Jared's currently in the barn building my last two beds. So after those two beds are filled, all that soil that's left is extra. So I think I'm going to take it to the other side of my strawberry patch because the strawberry patch only has like a strip of strawberries in the middle and then both sides are empty. I just mulch them and I've left them 
with no plants in them for the last couple of seasons. So I'm going to turn one side into the potato patch. So I'm going to go in there and just like dig up the dirt to kind of loosen it up a little bit because potatoes don't do well in really heavy, moist soil. They need drainage. There's that word moist. moist. We said testicles moist. and moist in the same episode. And ductic <laughs> and polyesterous. <laughs> hey, polyesterous was a new word for me. I had never heard that word before. So we're learning things over here. We are. We're drinking and learning things. <laughs> <laughs> we drink and we learn things. Uh, so the potatoes are just going to get put in there. I'm going to just build little mounds out of the extra dirt. And we'll see what happens with them. I, I have a feeling they'll grow. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, e- it's easier than slicing them and then forgetting to water them because that was super sad. I discovered them today and I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's about par for the course. Uh, but all of my houseplants are alive so far still. Oh, so And my seedlings. So I'm going to say losing the potatoes is okay. Like of all the things that I've yeah. done this year, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. No, you're doing great. I'm so impressed with everything you're doing over there that I'm like, gosh, I feel like behind, even though I know technically I'm not because I didn't plan on doing seed starting, but I'm like starting to get anxious now that the weather's nicer. I was like, what can I plant? And it's like nothing yet. Slow down. (laughs) Calm down. I just hung a shop light underneath my uh, table that I had the seedlings on because now I have so many trays of seedlings. They don't fit on the table. They're all crowded under the table also. And my husband was watching me do that. And he's like, seriously, like how much longer are these things going to live inside for? And I looked at him. I was like, another month and a half. And he's like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I can see it now. Your whole basement is going to be, like, full of grow lamps and, like, just seedlings galore. People are like, Bev, why is your electricity bill so high? What are you growing in your basement? You'll be like, tomato plants. I have, like, 90 tomato plants now. It's it's so many plants. It's, like, more plants than one person could ever use. Oh, my gosh. So That's I hope so I have great. friends that want some. I mean, I kind of want some. Just bring some to Coop Camp. Oh, you know, I might. I should have sent you home with some seedlings. I didn't even think of that. I'm so rude. No, that's okay. I (laughs) forgot to grab some of the beer out of the fridge, too, from all of our little outings. And I was like, dang it. But I know it's there for a good cause. And you guys took great care of me while I was there. So (laughs) I opened the fridge and I had noticed that you left your beer. And I was like, oh, shoot. She probably at least wanted to take home the Ohio beer. (laughs) At least like a little mix. I didn't need it all, but yeah. But next time, just remind me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I come visit you, I'll bring you some beer. (laughs) Yes. And we'll have to bring some beer when we go to uh, Coop Camp, which is June 7th through 9th. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited about that. And the link is in the show notes if you want to join us. Yes. And take our survey, which gives you the chance to give us anonymous feedback and a link for that will also be in the show notes and join our facebook group guess what that link is in the show notes as well (laughs) what oh my gosh that's so convenient but if you're already on facebook while you're listening to us and don't want to look at the show notes you can just search we drink and we farm things click like a button to join answer all the questions because we have some people sitting in purgatory right now because they didn't answer all the questions and then we let you in so go do that 
And we're super serious about that question thing. And another thing that we're serious about is you have to be 21 to join the group. And we have a super awesome human that told us the truth. And I messaged her and she told me when her 21st birthday was. And I added her on her 21st birthday. So uh, don't worry. Well, I'll put that shit in my calendar and I'll add you when you're old enough. You can can be honest with us. Um, And same with our Instagram. If I notice that you're not 21 and you're tagging us and stuff or commenting on stuff, I block. Yeah. Because I'm super serious about the 21 thing. (laughs) And it's not personal. It's just kind of like a cover your ass thing for us because there is actually like a lot of trouble you can get into if you're seen as advertising to minors. So not personal. Like you can like creep on us from afar if you must. We're not encouraging that. But don't blatantly tag us in things if you are not 21. Please and thank you. Yep. Yeah, because we we don't condone uh minors drinking no and we consider this a pretty adult show like i try really hard not to drop the f-bomb but we do say some other words we are completely inappropriate at times so this is for kind of like an adultish vibe if you didn't pick up on that listening to us today (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh we also sell merch there's links to both of our merch shops in the show notes. We've yeah. got two of them. One of them, Sam makes all the stuff. The other one, Spreadshirt makes all the stuff. Yeah. And they do a great job too. They do. I'm obsessed with their stuff. We should really think about like, since it's getting warmer, maybe throw in some tank tops in there or something. Maybe, oh, maybe, good maybe idea. The new. We'll see. You guys better go check it out because by the time we drop this, maybe there'll be something new. Maybe there won't. Oh, yeah. And I dropped something new last week, too. It says Ooh. introverted, but we'll talk about Drink and Farm. Yes, that's right. It's so damn cute. So you guys got to go check it out. Also, we have a hashtag. If you are on Instagram and use hashtag Drink and Farm while you are drinking something you love and farming safely, please. Like no drinking and using an auger or anything. Um but we, we share those like every Tuesday and Thursday and we'll probably start posting more in the stories too if you guys like really start using the hashtag. So this is your community. We want to share you with each other so you guys can get to know each other. Um, what did we decide we were calling everyone? Um, well, so it's not everyone. It's just a nickname for the Patreon people and their Patreon oh, peeps. Patreon peeps. We need like a general like drink and farm name, but nothing has mm. come to mind yet. So maybe I'm... that calls for a bit of a contest or something. Ooh, yeah. Let's think about that. We'll introduce something in the in the group. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So make sure you don't you join that group because we drop some exclusive stuff in there occasionally that we don't drop anywhere else. So yeah, and. Don't forget to send us your farm stories. If you have a story from your farm that you think fellow listeners could laugh at, learn from, or just warm their hearts, we want to hear it. So you can direct message us on Instagram, or you can email it to us, uh, drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. This was fun. I'm glad I got to say so many inappropriate words today, and you guys are still listening. (laughs) I mean, it always makes my day to just, like, say things that I know I shouldn't. Yeah. Yes. So we're very good at it. (laughs) So drink. Farm. And and give zero zero clucks. clucks.
Bye, guys. Bye.